0: Member George, appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. It looks like on the back table as the sign-up sheet for our Valentine's banquet. It uh, looks like it might be complete. Okay, shows nineteen folks uh, that have signed up to come, and so we'll we'll make we'll bring some extra just in case anybody'd like to come that didn't sign up. Uh, But uh, we're looking forward to that day and for that time, and so we'll have. uh, Uh, The food, we'll have uh, Brother Gary's coming to bring a devotion. And then we'll have that game uh, that we'll play. And so I'll be asking some of you here shortly if you'd participate, you and your spouse. And so we're looking for that uh, to happen as well. That's going to be a good time. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn back to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. Now we've got into Jonah chapter 2. Here last week, uh, we just kind of went over it at the end of the message, but we'd like to get into the depths of it here this morning. And if you don't mind, let's stand to our feet and let's read verse one, and uh, we'll read down throughout the scripture. Not very many verses; only ten verses there here this morning, and we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. I'm going to preach to the Christian. If you are a Christian today, if you confess to be a Christian. If you profess to be a Christian, this message is for you. Here we find in verse 1, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried, I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep and in the midst of the seas. And the floods compassed me about, all the billows and thy ways passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me around about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from the corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainteth within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. For I will sacrifice unto thee unto with the, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that thou I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Father, we come to you in the most precious name, the greatest name, the most powerful name, the sweetest name. That name is Jesus this morning. And Father, we come to you, Lord, with a humbled heart and submission, dear God, that you've placed in our hearts to come and ask God that you'd speak to us in a, in a real true way. God, I pray that you'd present truth God, that our minds and our hearts would receive it. God, whatever you show us today, God, may we do something about it. Father, I pray that every decision that will be made this morning will be yes to God and no to man. We pray, Lord, you anoint us with your spirit, God. Guide us and lead us with your hand. And, Father, may you get glory and be magnified and honored and glorified in every way this morning. God, save that one that's lost. Touch that Christian this morning that's just wrong. God, they're headed in the wrong direction. God, they're disobedient to God's word. They're rebellious and stubborn to authority. God, I pray, Lord, that you put them in a place where they can't do nothing but just look up. And God, will they ask for forgiveness and repent of that today. God, change us for the glory of God. May Jesus be magnified in what we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. And so again, we thank you for being here. May the Lord bless you. And may God move in our hearts and lives this morning. We find as you read the scriptures in chapter 2, as you look at it, you'll find that Jonah is speaking from past tense. He's speaking about uh, where he's now in chapter 2. The Bible says he prayed out of the fish's belly but then he goes on and talks about what happened prior to the fish's belly. Prior to him being uh, swallowed up and into the fish's belly. And so if you notice those words that he's speaking here, he says, for thou hast cast me, thou hast heard me. And so we find that he's not speaking here of something that happened in the belly's well. in the the whale's belly, but he is speaking about what happened prior. And so we got to understand that in the way of what in the world is he speaking of. So I want to say, number one, the title of the message this morning is Just Like God Likes It. Just Like God Likes It. And number two, or number one, I want you to notice that, notice the Jonah, the victim. Jonah, the victim. Now, I looked up that word, victim, in Webster's Dictionary. And it said this, it said a person harmed, injured, or killed uh, as a result of a crime, accident, or other event or action in their lives today. And so we find with that being a victim today, uh, I would say that Jonah was a victim of God's calling. A victim of God's calling. He was one that was called in verse in chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 we find that God called him to be something and what did God call Jonah to do or to be he called him to be faithful that's what he called him and friend, we find ourselves some, sometimes with God, as God has called us, no matter what he's called you to do, uh, no matter what he's called you to be today, he's always called you to be faithful. Amen? No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, God's called you to be faithful. Faithful as a spouse, faithful as a parent, faithful as a member, faithful as a coworker, faithful to God, faithful to others, faithful to everything and anything this morning that's of truth and of God, just to be faithful he's also called us to be obedient amen God's called you to be obedient to obey him to do as he asks and and do as he pleases amen uh, God's called you to do that this morning we got so much Bible to tell us that and teaches us that this morning so we find the victim of God's calling which was Jonah and Jonah was called to be something number two God uh, called Jonah to do something And that's in verse 2 of chapter 1. He told him to go uh, down to, uh, to Nineveh and cry against it. And so to go and tell others of me is what he called Jonah to do. He said, Jonah, this is not about you. This ain't about what you think or how you feel. This isn't whether you want to do or not do. This is what I have told you to do. And that is go down to Nineveh and to cry against it. Now, not everybody was called to go to Nineveh. Did you notice that? Not everybody has the same calling. Not everybody is told, listen, I want you to go to China. I want you to go to Russia. I want you to go to Mexico. Uh, I want you to go to Nebraska. I want you to go to Oregon. Uh, Not everybody's called to do the same thing, but all of us are called to do something. Amen? Amen. And so, all of us being called to do something this morning, uh, we find uh, one of them is to tell others of me, to go testify of me to others. Uh, that is, preach, that is, teach, that is, witness, that is, to tell others about Jesus, tell others about the gospel, tell others about Christ and his love and his mercy and his grace. Uh, he or oh, we are all called to do something, uh, and part of that doing, whether it's to teach a Sunday school, to preach a, a message, or to go out in the road and preach on the streets, or to go to the nursing home, or go to the prisons, or go to the shelters, or just go to the streets, whatever, it all includes tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? And so we find that that's the case here with him. He's not only a victim of God's calling, but he's also a victim of God's chastening. Because, see, when he called and God called him to do it, he didn't want to do what God asked him to do. Right? So there was some pain within him. Uh, uh, there was some hurt within in him. And you're going to find this morning uh, that everything that God asks you to do, you're not going to be wanting to do it. In the Christian life today, everything that God asks you to be faithful to and to be obedient to, you're going to find you're going to push back. You're going to find that you're going to be some sort of like, Lord, I just don't want to say that to her right now. Lord, I just don't want to go over there and tell them about Jesus. I just don't want to be a Sunday school right now. I just don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to be a missionary. Lord, I'm just not ready just yet. I just don't think i got enough knowledge. I don't think I have enough of what it takes to go out to somebody and ask them and give them a track and tell them, hey, do you know Jesus as Savior? They may ask me a question and I ain't got no answer. I'd be embarrassed in that. Right. Pushback. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something today. Not only are you the victim of the calling, but there's a victim of the chastening. Right. For every disobedient act, for every unfaithful way that you present to God, you're going to get chastened for. Right. You can mark it down. You're not ever going to disobey his word or disobey his way today and get away with it. There's none of us in this room at all who are saved and washed in the blood of the lamb are going to live a disobedient life with God and be happy. None of us today are going to get away with rebellion and stubbornness with God. It may seem like it right now. And it seemed like it with old Jonah too. Whenever he took off to Joppa to get to Tarshish, jumped in the ship and went down on the bottom and went sound asleep like a baby. I mean, he was thinking like many of us think today. I got away with this dude. I tell you what, listen, friend, I got on this ship. I'm headed to Tarshish and I'm going to sleep and just sleep because it's all going to be fine. Friend, that's where most of us are today. We done got disobedient with God. We got wayward with God. We got distance with God. We got cold with God. Uh, we are far away from the Lord. Uh, we've got, we got scales upon our eyes. We got a hardness on our heart. Uh, we don't serve him. We don't love him. We don't do as he asks us to do. We're near not what close as we were when we got saved. Oh, there were days, man, when I can't wait to get to church. There was days when I couldn't wait to follow my faith before God. There was days where I couldn't wait to open up his word and let God show me another nugget of his word. There was a day when I wanted to come here for preaching of Brother Larry. There was a day when I couldn't wait to get to Sunday school. There was a day when I couldn't just go out and live the Christian life. Oh, but today it's hard, but Today, it's discouraging. Today, it's difficult. I just don't have that with me anymore. Something happened to my Christian life. You didn't lose your salvation, but you lost your joy. That's right. It all boils down back to not doing what God asked you to do. And now you're sleeping. Now you're in the ship. Now you're at the bottom. And now you're just enjoying yourself with a nice little cruise ship. And you're just asleep. You're thinking everything's gonna rush over. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be all right. My children, my spouse, my finances, my work, my health, everything's gonna work out. Everything's gonna be good. But I'm telling you, friend, you're gonna end up just like Jonah. Right. right now, it might seem okay. Right now, it seems like the storm has come. It seems like right now you're just sleeping life away. You're enjoying all the fruits of your hands. You're enjoying all the money that you've got. You're enjoying all the goodness of God. You're enjoying everything He's providing for you. You're richer than you've ever been. You got more than you ever had. Everything seemed to be rocking along, and you're living a good life. But, Fred, you're not right with God. And sleeping. But that's going to come to an end. Because if you're saved today, you're going to find that God's going to chasten you. You say, how do I know if I'm saved this morning? You know that you're saved when you get disobedient with God and God chastens you. If God don't say nothing to you, God don't convict you in the services, God don't bring any kind of regret upon your heart, if God never brings upon you at all a shamefulness and a, a place where you become a very, very regretful for how you're living and what you're doing, then, Fred, you don't even know God. But God brings a chastening, and we find that with Jonah. That's what took place and what he's describing here. Number one, I want you to notice the start. Of the chastening. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 15 So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. That was the start of it. So he came out of the ship, he woke up, he had a few words with all the seamen, mariners, and the shipmaster. They came to a conclusion that, listen, Fred, you're going to have to go. And he went, and as soon as he hit the sea, it became became calm. That was for the sea, that was for the ship, that was for the mariners, and that was for the shipmaster, but was not calm for him. The chastening of the Lord began. And friend, I'm going to tell you something this morning. If you are going to continue to live outside of God's word and not according to his will, you're going to find yourself in a sea. And he's going to cast you in that sea. You say, well, man, how did I get in the place I'm in today? How did I get so cold? How did I get so indifferent? How did I get so unfaithful to the house of God? How did I get so against the the things that I was for? How can I get so, the way I was so gung-ho, I was so excited, I had so much joy about the things of God. What happened to me? Why does it seem like things are hard now? Well, he was cast into the sea. And, friend, the chastening of the Lord began. And, boy, we find not only the beginning of it, but we also find uh, there, he said, in chapter 2 and verse 3, we know that God did, he said, For thou hast cast me into the deep. And so we know the Lord did that. Now, the prayer is a past tense prayer. and what you to notice, and when he is cast into the deep, in verse 3 of chapter 2, the Bible says that he said, uh, Thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas the floods compassed me about and the billows and the waves passed over me now that word there in the scripture talking about the being the floods compassed means that he was violently thrown in in the way of casting that word casting there it doesn't mean you gently drop off the word casting doesn't mean that you kind of just hang him out and take him on a rope and he just goes down on the side of the ship and he gets into the sea See you later, fellas. No, he was violently thrown into the sea. And then not only is he violently thrown into the sea, but the Bible says that the flood of the waters came about him, and that means this morning that it turned him around. It turned him aside. It turned him aback, and it turned him upside down. That's what that word, the floods of the waters, compassed me. It says, soon as Jonah got into the sea, everything on the top of the sea was calm. And all things above the sea was just like it ought to be. But everything down in the sea, it was throwing him around. It was jerking him around. He was upside down. He was flipping. He was on the right. He was on the left. Can you just imagine of the waves that God was bringing in the floods? Under the sea. You see this is what chastisement looks like. This is what God is doing to you right now. If you're in sin and living in sin. And friend this is what's happening in your life. And if it's not. Then you're not saved. He's just taking you with the floods that he has of life. And they're just turning you upside down. They're throwing you to the right. Throwing you to the left. Flipping you. Moving you back the other way. I mean, it's coming from every direction. And that's what happens in Christians' lives whenever they want to live alone without God. Their lives are in this state. Things are just coming from every which way, they're flipping, they're turning. Finances are wrong. Things are breaking. The marriages are falling apart. The children are rebellious and stubborn. The workplace is getting more difficult to work at. It don't seem like the world at all is kind and, and nice anymore. And it just seems like the family bring up trouble. It seems like the friends bring up trouble. The church, there's trouble. Everywhere I go, there's trouble. And the only common denominator between all that is you. And so we find in the sea, he is getting floods, and he's going all over here, violently thrown in. And now he's being violently moved around. And then the Bible says in verse 3, the billows and the waves were taking him away. So while he's being flipped and being turned this way and turned that away, I mean, he's really just being physically, uh, uh, physically abused, I would guess you'd say. I would think he might looked like a victim. <laughs> and so now he's in the sea, And next thing you know, it's not only just doing that in one place. It's taking him away. He's moving away. Now, where's he going? He's just going away. And not only that word billows and waves mean taken away, but it means carrying him further out. He's not getting closer to the shore. He's not getting closer to where he can find a rescue or a delivery. He's taking away the billows and the waves, and they're moving him further away. They're moving him further out. He's going through. He's moving him through Everything and anything within the sea, he's getting down deeper and deeper and deeper. The chastisement of the Lord until repentance comes, you'll find it will get worse and worse. And the mindset that God loves me is the true mindset, but you've got to know who God is. And God is a God of love, but he's also a God of chastisement. And he's going to allow his children to live rebellious lives. He won't allow your children to live disobedient lives. He will handle it. He will deal with it. And he'll deal with it at his time and in his way. And it will be efficient. And it will be sufficient. And it always will come to his terms. Stop fighting with God. You can't win in the sea. You're just one little speck like Jonah was in a big old sea. And now he's being moved around by these floods, by these waves, by these billows. I want you to see number two. I'm not only the start of it, but I want you to notice the strength of it. The strength of it. Verse four, he said. I, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. In other words, what Jonah is saying is, in the start of this uh, chastisement, I've got so beat up, I got so moved around, I got so upside down. And I got so farther away from the top. And I got so farther away from the bank. I'm down here somewhere. I don't even know where I'm at. But I know this. It just seems like, and it is, that God even cast me out. See, you can get so far away from God in this chastisement of his love that you feel like God can't even see you, and you're asking the question, where is God? God, you said, you promised, and these are the spiritual ones that are wrong with God. They said, God, you said I, that you're not going to give me more than I can handle. They like throwing them scriptures out at God. And here they are, wrong with God, bitter with God, unforgiving of people, bitter with other people. And friends, they got issues and problems. They're not unfaithful, and they don't want to do what God wants them to do. And they don't want to live like God wants them to live. And they're saying to God, God, you can't give me more than you, than you said you're going to give me. And God says, i got a whole lot more for you. Boy, as he's going down, it just gets stronger. This chastisement just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. He's in the sea by himself. He's not only a sea by himself, but he's in the sea with himself. Now that's when it gets problem, to, right? I mean, here I am in this situation. Here I am in this problem. Here I am with everything seeming to fall against me. I can't make enough money. Everything won't stay running. It just seemed like all my relationships breaking. It just seemed like my kids are crazy. It just seemed like everybody that I talk to have a problem, and everybody's after me, and everybody's trying to get me, and everybody's trying to take me away. It just seemed like the whole world today is crashing in on me, and I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, you find you look in the mirror, and you say, oh, I'm with me." I'm just with me. I can't count on my father. I can't count on my mother. I can't count on my children. I can't count on my grandma. I can't count on my friends. I can't count on my work. I can't count on nobody. I'm in the sea. I'm by myself. But I'm with me. That's a frightening sight. And then we find he's by himself and then he finds he's with himself and then he will see in the sea that he's To himself he said God cast me out. God sent me over. God has done this. God has put me where I'm at. Man he cast me out. I no longer have the power of the Holy Ghost of God on me anymore. I no longer got the favor of God on me. I no longer got the blessings of God. I no longer got the help of the Lord. I know he's not left me nor forsaken me. And the only reason why is because he said he wouldn't. And God is faithful this morning. And yet this morning when you're in the chastisement of the Lord. You'll say oh God. How much more? How much more loss do I have to take? How much more pain do I got to go through? Lord, how much more suffering do I have to put upon my children? Oh Lord, how much more agony do I put upon my wife and my husband? How much more, Lord, am I causing trouble and problems with everybody around me? In the sea, down deep? Nobody's around. nobody can help. nobody can assist the strength of it. Can I say thirdly, not only the start of it and the strength of it, but I know in verse 5, the suffering of it. He says, the waters come past me about even to the soul. We're not talking about just some physical ailment. We're not talking about just some chastisement that just touches the outside of you, like your finances or maybe your marriage or maybe your job. Oh, no, the chastisement I'm speaking of this morning goes all the way down the soul because see it's the soul that has put you in the place that you are it's not the circumstances of your of where you are it's not the circumstances of who you're with it's not because of all the bad habits you've got and it's not all because of the bad luck you're in it all boils down back inside of you dear child of God and God says I got to get to the soul and that chastisement is going to go so deep that that suffering is going to be within and not so much without. And you're going to have such an aching and you're going to have such a suffering and you're going to go down, as he said here in that verse 5, he said, In depth closed around about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. Boy, there was a struggle can you imagine the weeds that are about his head on the bottom of the sea? The struggle of getting those weeds out of them, not only the struggle, but we find the suffering from it. How about the breath? Did he need one of them? How about it? How about going down? And how about, Fred, all oh, the pressure? Have you ever been in a sea? you ever been in a water, even like a 10-foot water in a pool? The further you go down, the pressure it is. Can you imagine when you're on the bottom where the seaweed is? That pressure's got to be unbearable. The pressure of that water, the movement of that water, and now the seaweed is gathering around his head. Oh, my. The chastening of the Lord. Do you go through that? Have you had that happen to you in your life? Or can you sin once always saved? Once saved, always saved. Give me a license to see him. Are you of that case where you can just... Get saved and then live like you want to and do what you please and give what you want to give and go when you want to go and behave when you want to behave. When you want to have a sexual situation, just have it. When you want a beer, you can get it. When you want to drink, you take it. When you want to smoke, you got it. When you want to cuss, you can. When you want to skip, you do. Whenever you want to do whatever and however, friend, you say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. I can do as I please and live like I want to. Fred, can I say to you this morning, you're deceived and God, is not in you and you are not his child because if you were you'd be on the bottom of the sea with sea rid around your neck you wouldn't be able to breathe and the pressure be so great upon you Friend, the next step was for him he's going to die there's just no way that a man can live under these circumstances he says I'm going down but then he says I'm going to die the Bible says in verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains of the earth with her bars about me forever. You know what Jonah was saying? Jonah said, God has cast me into the sea, and I'm under the chastisement of the Lord, and I have went down to the bottom, and I have my life has been wrecked. My life has been shaken up. I mean, I have been moved to and fro and here and there, upside down and turned around. And now I'm down here on the bottom of the mountains and I got the seaweed around my neck. And I tell you right now, there's just no way. The bars have got me forever. John is probably saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die being rebellious against God. I'm going to die being stubborn with the Lord. I'm going to die being disobedient to God. I'm going to die. And you in this room this morning that are not right with God. You in this morning who are living in sin. And you in this morning here who thinks it's joyful for you to go out and live like you please. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know when the last day is that you'll open up your eyes and you'll breathe your last breath and you say your last word. You'll never know whenever we come see you and you're in the to, in the in the uh, casket, in your cold, in your heart. Die. I'm going to die just like this. You know, if I was you this morning, I would turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I don't want to die in this condition. I love you, Lord. I know you love me because that's why you put me through this chastisement. I'm, in. I'm coming home. I'm coming back to you, Lord. refuse to live like this anymore because I don't want to die in the state that I'm in we find this morning in this mindset and this thought of his we see that David if you turn there with me to Psalms 32 if you don't mind and let's just look at somebody else who, who had this same situation took place in his life remember David who committed adultery with Bathsheba remember David who Took Bathsheba's husband and had him killed. Bathsheba and David were in sin. We find in chapter 32, David explains about what took place with him during that period of time. We find there in verse verse 3 of chapter 32, he says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. How long? All day long, my bones were just roaring, hurting, painful. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was turned into the drought of summer, Selah. That was David's everyday life. In the morning and at night, his bones were waxing hot. His life was in turmoil. There was no Laughter about him at all. There was no joy in his life. He was absolutely a miserable man. Hebrews chapter 12, turn there with me this morning. And we find the scripture that gives us the proof of what chastisement would really mean this morning. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 5. I want to give you three things this morning so you can know uh, about what's really going to take place in the midst of a chastisement of the Lord. We find in chapter 12 of Hebrews in verse 5, And ye ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastisement of the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, you have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. Number one, what's the purpose of the chastisement? Verse 10 tells us that you might be partakers of his holiness. The reason why this morning that God would chastise you is because he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be right with him. He wants you to be godly. He wants you to be righteous. God's not interested in you living the sinful life. He's not interested in you living in disobedience and unfaithfulness. He's not interested today in that relationship. And so he's going to bring a chastisement upon you so that you can be partakers of holiness. Say, why is it so hard? It's because God loves you so much. He wants you to be partakers of holiness. You know, it's hard for us to understand that. A lot of times we get saved and say, you know, I got saved because I want to be happy. God says, I don't care about your happiness. I care about your holiness. That's right. Your spouse can make you happy. Your children can make you happy. But I make you holy. Right. You getting a new car and getting a new house and getting a new baby might bring happiness. But God's not concerning about all that. He's concerning about your holiness. Chastisement comes upon those this morning. Who find themselves in an unholy life. Find themselves in unholy behaviors. Unholy conducts. Unholy mindsets and imaginations. He said, I'm going to bring that chastisement upon you. The purpose of it is to make it your holiness. And the Bible calls that profitable. What's advantage and benefit for you? Well, it's advantage for you that you get right with God so you can have the blessings of God. It's a benefit for you so that you can get right with God so God can hear your prayers. It's a benefit today that you'll get rid of your sin of disobedience and sin of rebellion this morning so that God can use you. The benefit and the advantage is not in sin. It's in no sin. We find here not only the purpose of it, but we see the very pain in it. In verse 11 it says, it seemeth to be joyous but grievous. All chastisement of the Lord is grievous. That means that it's a heavy time. When you disobey your parents, when you disobey God, when you disobey the authorities, when you disobey God's word, when you become in the place today of defiant, and you become in the place today of one who's not going to obey what God said to obey, it's going to be a heavy time for you. A grievous time. It should be. And when your children go against your authority, it should, be a, it should be a grievous time for them. So many times I see parents reward their children with bad behavior. The children act up. The children don't do what they're told. The children live a life that they, do. they say no to mama. Uh, mama says something to them. They don't do it anyway. And next thing you know, they say, okay, i tell you what. I'll give you a sucker. Or I'll give you uh, something if you just clean your room. If you just do what I ask you to do, I'll take you to the park. If you just, listen, if you just say yes ma'am and no ma'am, we'll go to Dairy Queen and I'll buy you an ice cream. That's how it works in most families today. This is the most parenting that takes place, but it don't happen with God. God's time of his chastening is grievous. Heavy. Heavy time. For every Christian who's under the chastisement of the Lord because of the rebellion of their heart and stubbornness of their soul, friend, you'll find no smiley face. You'll find no joy in their heart. You won't find them walking around giving high fives and saying, boy, hitting life wonderful. I'm afraid today... That many people out there, maybe some in here, are walking around this morning and they're not even saved. Yet they prayed a prayer. They said what the preacher said in order to be saved. They got baptized, joined the church. They're doing all these things here. But friend, they're living like the devil and there is no grievousness in their lives at all. They can drink the wine with a grin. I mean, they can smoke. As if it really tastes good. They can watch pornography. As it really is entertaining. And yet, not one time do you ever find those people in a grievous state. And yet they say they love Jesus. The only problem with that is, God is not their Lord. And we find a grievous state, friend, is where Jonah's at. We find not only is it a heavy time, but it's a sad time. It's a painful time. Can I say here thirdly, moving on, it's a producing with it. What does it produce? What does the chastening of the Lord produce? It produces, according to verse 11, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. When God brings you into a place of chastening, you'll find yourself coming up against God. it gets get so painful. It'll get so rough. it gets get so heavy. That next thing you do is say, okay, God, I surrender. That's what that word means. Fruitfulness of righteous peacefulness. You finally say, okay, I surrender, Lord. I yield. You're right. You're right. i I turn around, Lord. You're right, Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that, that you had to put me through all that I went through. Because it was my choice and my decision. I'm sorry, Lord. I yield. I I surrender to you. I submit. That's what that word, peaceable fruit of righteousness, means this morning. And that's what will happen. David in Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Turn back there with me. Psalms 51. David, again, gives us some indication about the things that he's going through. Again, it's the same psalm concerning his sin and what he went through, and boy, did he go through it. We find in Psalms 51, look in verse 8. It says, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. What's he saying? He's saying, well, you remember in Psalms 32, my bones were waxy, even to the place of breaking. And Lord, I'm asking you now, would you put some rejoice back in me? He goes on to say,s. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me for the free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. What's David saying? He's saying, I didn't have any of that when I was in the chastisement of the Lord. All of that was gone. I lived a miserable, unhappy, grievous life. What oh, we find this morning, thirdly, do I see the victims of god's compassion, not only the victim of god's chastisement and the victim of god's calling, but I notice the victim of god's chest of god's compassion. Look at verse seventeen, God sends a well to swallow up. Jonah that was God's compassion because if the well did not come Jonah would have died and we preached this last week that was the grace of God that was the gift of God it was also the grip of God we find this morning though that he experienced God's love you know how he experienced God's love by the chastisement now I'm going to tell you something, parents. When you correct your children and discipline your children, and when you bring chastisement upon your children, they will love you for that. Amen. It's the children who get away with everything, become spoiled brats, and never told no, and never given any kind of instruction nor authority. Uh, those are the kids that won't love you. Okay. Now, listen, I was under a dad who was very strict. Man, my, my dad didn't give one inch. He didn't, even get, he didn't even give a second chance. It was absolutely br- nothing. nothing my, I never heard my daddy say, I told you that. Never. Because as soon as he said to me, don't do that, and I did it, it was on. There was no questions. He didn't ask me how I felt about it. He didn't say, well, son, let's just talk about it. Uh, let's have a conference. Uh, uh, let's have some kind of get-together. Uh, you know, I love you, son. And, and I'm just telling you that it hurts me worse by chastising you than it does uh, you. And it breaks my heart that I have to take a belt and wear your hideout. You know, for me, always getting on you, it puts great pressure on me. And, you know, it makes my life difficult. I'm just letting you know, son. Son that, you know, going through all this process. Not to hear none of that. All I heard was whap, whip, boom. And ain't nobody in this room loved their daddy more than I did. 19 years old, he was still whipping me. 19 years old, he, I walked into the apartment. It's this upstairs apartment we lived in. He walked in and he said, he said, I know that you're graduating this year, but you disobeyed me. I told you to come in at 10 o'clock. It's 10.03. 10.03. Three minutes. How many of y'all would give you all child a pass on three minutes? If you're honest, everybody in here would. Not daddy. He said, son, go in your room, pull down your pants. That's why he whipped me all the time, 19 years old, bench pressing 300 pounds, leg press 500 pounds. I was a varsity quarterback in Aldean High School. I could. My daddy was a short guy, little guy. I mean, listen, friend, I was much more strong. Military press 200. I mean, I was big. I was strong. I was I at was top tip shape. You know what I did? I went to my room, bent over. With my pants down at nineteen years old, and Dave took his old hard, worked hand. he wore my hide out. Now did he say to me, "Son, this is going to hurt you worse. It's going to hurt me worse than it's hurting you." I <laughs> uh, didn't say that. He turned around and walked out. You know what I did? I started crying. nineteen year old strong football player, quarterback, big shot, and all of had all these scholarships, had all that going on. I'm in my room crying. I'm saying, oh God, I said, oh, how did I do that? How did I think my dad? Why did I do my dad that away? Yeah. I'm not crying because he whooped me. I'm crying that I did something to cause him to whip me. Yeah. So that's when you get to the place of repentance. Whenever you don't look at God and say, oh, God, I can't believe you do something like that. But when you look at God and say, God, I can't believe I caused you to do that can't believe i caused that to happen because i was my decision it was my choice and i caused that discipline to come upon me lord i'm sorry forgive me there's never a doubt in my life that i knew my daddy loved me not one day not one and i'd say this morning when god gets a hold of your heart by the way of chastisement and you come to the place to the end and you have finally said okay listen I just know I love God. And because I love God, I'm going to let this disobedience and rebellion go. Because I love God, I'm going to turn back to his old word. And I love God. I'm going to go to church. I'll be faithful. i read my Bible. i pray. i give. i do as you please, Lord, because I love you. I love you. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. He experienced God's grace because God saved him. He experienced God's mercy because God hurt him. I wonder this morning, and we'll come back to this tonight right here. If there's anybody in our room this morning under the hearing of the preaching of God's word, that maybe you might say, you know what? It's time. It's time that I just come. Come back to the Lord. Anybody? Listen, I'm here for you. I'm on your side. I've been there many places, many times. Oh, it takes humility, yes. It takes you to really love Jesus, to admit and confess and repent. Oh, but you don't know it's going to get worse for you. It's going to get more difficult. Would you come? Maybe this morning you're not even saved. You want to be saved, Would you come? Or maybe you're saved and right with God and you just want to come pray and say, God, thank you that when I do get wrong with you that you love me so much that you'll chastise me. Where are you at? I don't know, but where does God want you to be? How about you this morning? Would you come? Would you lay out before this altar to a holy thrice God and begin to give him the glory that he so, so deserves. You sing, Brother George. Would you come? Would you come? Oh, God, heal. Blessed be your name. Oh, Lord. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you, Lord. that you just don't let us go. You just don't let us be. What a wonderful Lord. Anybody this morning? Have you had enough? How much longer are you going to live being called a Christian and just keep struggling? Everything in your life. Or maybe this morning you're a Christian and things are not struggling. You got it all. It's going to come to an end. Right now you're in the sleeping. You're in the sleeping. It's all shaking up on the outside of the ship. Everything, the tempest is going. But you don't know because you're in the ship sleeping. One of these days, though, you're going to have to come out of that place. Won't you do it now? God healed. God healed. Yes, amen. Blessed be your name. What a glorious Lord we serve. What a loving God. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Do we have that song in the in our book? That you saying. Oh it? yes. Two hundred and forty nine. 249 if you'd like to sing with Brother George as these are praying. We're not going to rush nobody. We're not going to push nobody. We want everybody to come that can come. And we'll give you plenty of time. Let's sing that verse with Brother George. Yes, say my. Jesus I pray for your glory thank you Lord blessed be your name hallelujah Amen. May the Lord be blessed and honored. Amen. Brother George, you dismiss this, my brother. Word of prayer. you be back tonight at 6 or 5 if you'd like to pray with us. Have a good day. Brother, you pray.
1: In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the waters cool flow, raise the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Some thr- Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season.